Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the Behind the Curtain podcast on the Esports Now Radio. I am Jared Prugar. He is Paul Murphy. Murph, we're back at it again. I was under the weather last week. We, um, for those of the, the those of you listening that don't know, Murph lives in Arizona. I live in Pennsylvania, clearly, and I do some color commentary uh, for high school football on Friday nights. And our schedules aren't always perfect, you know, just because they don't recognize um, daylight savings time like we do here on the East Coast, like normal folks, um, doesn't mean that you know they don't also experience you know a time difference so our schedules kind of didn't work out very well we tried to do it for friday but i was under the weather i had zero voice left after calling an altoona high football game um i'm gonna let murphy talk a little bit more about how he feels about playoff teams making it under 500 um when we get to the third segment um just because that'll give him a little bit of glory here but we're back at it again and we're here to talk penn state football with a little bit of Big Ten and some high school football sprinkled in as well. Yeah, nice to hear your voice back up there. I guess you kind of sounded like Wolfman Jack last week and uh, with, with your voice, and then you had no voice after. So, uh, you know, I was contemplating going solo and making up my own YouTube video and putting it out there, but uh, I didn't want to, you know, upstage you a little bit there. And, you know, because I have a face for radio. Let's face it. Or yeah. for a podcast. That's, so that you know, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. You know, <laughs> I, I was told very quickly that I had a face for radio uh, when I started that gig this uh, this fall. Um, but we're in the playoffs now for Altoona High. But Penn State football is still going on. I wasn't Wally Pipped, um, thankfully, in any of my areas that I missed last week. That's probably I, I get sick once a year, and it's this time. The season's changed. Last week it was 80. Now it's below freezing. There's frost on our windshield. I know you don't know what that's like anymore, um, but it's not pleasant. No, that's that's exactly what I don't miss is the, the entire, you know, 75 degrees one day and four days later you got snow flurries and getting the defrosters out on your, on your vehicle and stuff. And, you know, it's a, it's finally settled down a little bit out here. It's been in uh, – it's now it's around 82, 83, and, and it's getting down into the high 50s. And uh, about another two weeks, we'll be in the low 80s, high 70s. Uh, but there's not there's not that up and down, up and down, up and down like it was back then. And, you know, honestly, uh, you know, I know we're not in the sports realm here, but I don't miss that. I don't miss that because you're exactly right. Everybody's getting sick. Everybody's coughing. Everybody's sneezing and and and. I don't have that here, so it's 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 nice to not have to deal with that. Uh, it's it's pretty consistent, and it's not 119 degrees out right now, so all is well. Yeah, must be nice. Um, what, at what point, at what temperature do you start putting on a jacket out there? Out here, oh man, when it gets below like 72 or 73, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. And I re- I remember when I first moved out here, I went to a Grand Canyon University basketball game. They played Harvard. And GCU at the time was coached by Dan Marley, and Harvard was coached by Tommy Amaker, uh, he of, of Duke fame. And it was like a high of like 65 degrees. So, you know, game time, seven o'clock, we're pulling into the little parking area where the parking garage is. And, you know, it's in the high 50s. And literally the people like directing the traffic were wearing gloves. And I'm like, are you serious with this right now? Like, it's funny. Now it's not so funny because. The first time I come back for a Penn State game after moving here, after getting used to 115 degree temperatures, 
we, Ryan and I went to the, the Penn State game and it was like 68 degrees out and I was freezing. <laughs> He's like, are you serious with that dad? And I'm like, hey, I'm used to it being 105 because even in September here, it's, you know, 105 to 110. Um, so yeah, it's, it's getting close to jacket weather, especially at night here, at least, at least hoodie weather. I'm really, really, I really feel bad for you. I, I truthfully do. <laughs> But, sure. you know, weather-wise, for Saturday's game against College Park, or I'm sorry, against Maryland, you know, they're known for crab cakes and football. Um, it, it's going to be in the 60s um, with a low of 39 degrees. It, it should be a really good football game temperature-wise, weather-wise. Um, their stadium is turfed, um, which is good. Not a, not a big issue there with the elements. But the Indiana game was a struggle for Penn State. And I don't necessarily think that that's going to be the case for Maryland. I think they got their uh, out against the Hoosiers, but now it's time to ramp it back up and and really take advantage of a Maryland team that has been down uh, in the month of October. Which is a Maryland staple, just like a Maryland blue crab. Maryland taking a swoon in the middle of the season is exactly what they do. Every year they start out 4-0, 5-0, and right after Halloween, they kind of realized that, oh, we're Maryland football, so we're, we're not supposed to be very good. And, you know, you, you look at the history of Penn State, you know, and, and of course, in 2020, which uh, I believe was the COVID year, you know, Maryland, that Maryland beat Penn State 35-19. Um, and, and you got to go back to 2014 before Maryland beat them again, but then you when you look at the overall record of Penn State versus Maryland, it's 38-3-1. and And over the years, just even going back to like 20, 2014, and they, you know, from that time on, like the last time they played, they had about a 20-year hiatus. You know, the last time Penn State played them, they won 70-7. to and, and in that time, Penn State has put up 31, 38, 66, um, 38, to three, 66 to three. And then the best game of that was 2019. They played on a Friday night, if you recall this, Jed. Mm-hmm. They gave the students the day off to get ready. They had a blackout. They walked into College Park. <laughs> and by halftime, I, I don't remember what the score was at halftime. It might have been like 42 to nothing or something like that at halftime. And actually, it was it was 38 nothing at halftime. And, and the students were they all bailed. And the Penn State contingent of students who made the trip went and sat in the Maryland student section. <laughs> it was just, it was just really, really funny to see. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm hoping that Penn State gets their act together. Um, we saw again last week with, with what has been the norm for Penn State all season long with this offense. And they come out slow. They come out lethargic. I mean, it just doesn't seem to be any rhythm. The play calling seems to be still sporadic with Yershix and, and what he's trying to do there. Um, and, you know, they, they I expected a little bit of a letdown after the Ohio State game. It's, just, it's only natural. Um, but Indiana, to their credit, I mean, Soresby comes in and throws three long touchdown passes, uh, a 90-yarder, I think the one was a 60-yarder, where 
Um, Dixon came in off the corner. Jalen Reed didn't rotate over to pick up the receiver. He was all by himself. Uh, next thing you know, they're down by three with the ball and a turnover. On allies, here we go. First interception of the year. Thank God. Now we don't have to listen to that. Hopefully, that takes some of the pressure off of him to not make a mistake. But there's Tom Allen. Basically, looks like he's running the ball right up the middle to get a field goal as if it was a tie game and there was 20 seconds left in the game. And, of course, you can take it from there. We all know what happened. And we're pretty sure one certain media personality was chest thumping after this occurred. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, he did chuck it deep. Um, But, yeah, like, that's the thing. You know, a win is a win. And James Franklin talked about this Wednesday night at his immediate availability. What he says, and we've talked about this, he has a message, right? You know, every team gets blasted when they win close games, when they lose games they shouldn't or whatever. But the point of the matter is a win is still a win. A win matters. Penn State, this rival, this isn't even a rivalry. This is a one-sided contest between Penn State and Maryland, right? I mean, they've been... They have been boat racing the Terrapins <laughs> since 1917 when Dick Harlow and his Penn State Nittany Lions beat Curly Birds 57 or, or Terrapins 57 to nothing at, in State College. So when you look at it like that, you know, this is one sided, but a win is still a win. A win is what matters the most here. That doesn't. You can lose, yes, but a win, no matter how ugly, is still a win. That There is value in that. Now, of course, the college football playoff committee might not believe there's value in wins. They might not believe there's value in losses. Just look at Oklahoma and Texas and the way the rankings played out this week. But when it comes to Franklin, yes, does he deserve some of the criticisms for their losses against Ohio State? Absolutely. But he also deserves credit when they win ugly, too. And that also matters in college football. Yeah, and Jared, when you take those those wins into, you know, at the beginning of the season, um, there was people kind of hoping on Penn State because late in the games, you know, we have the Bo Pabula uh, cover special coming in. Uh, it was like three games in a row where he, he did something to, to, to cover the spread. And, you know, adding points and point differential and stuff like that matters. And now we see now this past week where the, the, the first full series rankings came out. And there's Ohio State at number one. Now, we can complain about Ohio State not being good. We can complain about... They didn't do all that great against Penn State. They got lucky against Notre Dame. But when you look at the teams that the top five or six teams have beat, Ohio State, by far, has the best resume of the teams they have beat, which falls right back into what you said. A win is a win. If you keep winning, it'll take care of itself, especially if you're in the top 10 and you continue to win. You'll continue to climb because – we all know this is the time of the year. Last week, Oklahoma gets knocked off, you know, and, and with, you know, 30-some seconds left in the game. So, um, 
the, the style points are definitely not there in Penn State's favor right now with, with the offense and stuff. And I'm really hoping that now that, you know, Alar has two things happened late in that game. He threw his first pick. He threw a big, deep pass for, for a game-winning touchdown. And, you know, so hopefully this allows him to open it up a little bit. Um, and Jared, in, in looking back and, and looking at these last couple of games and stuff, and I know we didn't get a chance to, to talk about it last week um, about the Ohio State-Penn State game, um, but you know on my 10 things I think I think uh, I had written about, you know, why aren't they going deep? Well, there's three reasons. Um, Alar is just really quick to check down. Um, the offensive line has really been crappy over the last three to four weeks. So he's got to get rid of the ball faster. He's got to check down. And the receivers aren't getting any separation. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious. And, and I don't know. I mean, some of the guys weren't playing. Like, you know, um, McLean has been not out there. Cephas has not been out there. So, you know, I'm, I'm at the point now where it's kind of like, all right, let's, let's get Caden Sanders in there. I mean, Caden Sanders had a big catch there at the Ohio State game towards the end. And, you know, now that they found their punt returner, let's do something else with Caden Sanders. You know, let, let, let's get him some reps at wide receiver. I mean, Franklin even said it this week. Our, our goal the rest of the season is, is to get some depth with some of the players. Well, it, it, okay, then let's do that. Let's do that. And this is the game to start that at. You, you look at the game against Maryland, and there's an opportunity there to get to get right, right? And, and – you know, Maryland, like you mentioned, has struggled this year or struggled in the month of October. They they lost to Ohio State, and that really kind of broke them. Um, they weren't really able to recover. Penn State, to their credit, recovered. They they were able to get a win. You know, and, and for that, it's disappointing when you have receivers like they've had that, you know, you were so used to a Jahan Dotson or, or Chris Godwin or K.J. Hamler having mm-hmm. a go-to guy they don't have a marvin harrison jr they don't have that go-to dude when the when they need a jump ball when they need something you know keandre lambert smith is a good receiver he is not that guy so that's tough i think drew Aller wears it a little bit too much we forget this is only his first year as a starting quarterback he's only a true sophomore there is you know value in that youth but there's also a lot of trepidation too. This is his first time navigating a Big Ten schedule. It's not easy, and next year it doesn't get any easier for him either. <laughs> um, there's a gauntlet of five games in next year's schedule that is green. It just awful. Um, yeah. Great for college football, but not great for for James Franklin and company. So you know, there's just so much that goes into it. It's not always Aller's fault. It's not always Franklin's fault. It's not always your fault. Your fault, though. Somebody wants to blame play the blame game. All the time. Sometimes it's not that simple. But the fact of the matter is, you just got to win, right? Al Davis said it best. Just win, baby, win. Um, now, of course, the Raiders probably should take that advice. But I don't know if they're if they're capable of that anymore. You know, now that they fired Josh McDaniel and, and their GM and Antonio Pierce is... And they got rid old. of the offensive coordinator, too. I saw yes. that the next thing. Yeah, they got rid of everybody. So, yeah. but that's the thing, right? You got to win. And that's, and that's what matters the most. Now they, you know, you go into Maryland um, and, and you don't necessarily know what they're going to do on offense or, you know, 
Talia Tagovailoa is a is a very decent quarterback. I, I wouldn't say that he's overly great. I don't think that he is going to light the world on fire. His brother, he is not, right? But he is still a, a, a different type of quarterback than they've seen recently. So you just got to keep him at bay. But again, everything is – this is exactly where we thought Penn State would be at the beginning of the season, right? We thought there was a little bit more of a chance they could beat Ohio State – Going into Ohio State, you know, it's not a shock that they lost. We expected them to have one loss at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean, going back, you know, we, we, we talked about this, uh, Jared. You know, the, the, the ceiling or the floor right now seems to be 10 and 2, 10 and 2, 10 and 2. And, and losing to Michigan and, Penn, and, and Ohio State seems to be the order of, of the season. And however, this year, you know, it was. A little bit different because you know the the uh, the premise was that Ohio State is not as good as they've been, and which is true. They they are not. They 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 have holes on defense. They um, McCord is, you know, he's not he's not your Justin Fields or your CJ Stroud, and so the hope was that this is the year. This is a year that they can beat them. Um, but as it, as it showed, you know, the, the, the same things that have been biting Penn State and the with their offense is exactly what happened in that game. Um, uh, there were some unfortunate penalties in that game. You know, who knows? Who knows? When, when Curtis Jacobs picks up that, that the fumble and takes it back, you know, who knows how that game turns at that point? Because, you know, the momentum would have went the other way. It could have been a different ball game. We'll never know that. Um, the, the, the flag was legit. I mean, Kalen King... If you're looking for people right now that are kind of like, you know, making you kind of look a little bit different at him, uh, the last the last three games, Kalen King has not played very well. Kalen King is giving up a lot of yards. He's giving up a lot of catches. Uh, so I'm not quite sure what's going there, but, um, you know, Johnny Dixon and Daquan Hardy have actually been playing well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that this year now, they got to get to the Maryland into the Maryland game. You know, you look at Maryland coming into this game, and you know they were hanging in there. They were beating Ohio State, and then again, Maryland became Maryland, and then they they lost to Illinois by three, and that's bad. And then they went last week and lost to Northwestern, which is even worse. So they basically have lost to two of the more bottom-dwelling teams in, in the Big Ten, along with, you know, Michigan State. And, and dare I say, Indiana. I mean, they, they, they crushed Indiana. They crushed them. Um, but, you know, games are gone. It's time to move forward. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know what to expect much from, you know, last year. And, and this is crazy. Tagovailoa threw the ball 57 times last year. 41 completions, which that's a pretty dang good <laughs> completion percentage for 371 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Now, you would think that, wow, they put up some points. No, they didn't. They put up 14. Yeah, that's playing from behind. Right. So, it, you know, I mean, I just saw something the other day. It was the uh, anniversary of Doug Flutie throwing for 520 yards. In a, in against a Penn, in, in a loss that they only scored, I think, fourteen points as well. And that's that's what's funny, you know. <laughs> like 
stats can be misleading in that regard, and we saw that sure. all the time. Sure. Um, but the big thing is they they've still got all of their eggs kind of in the in the same basket. But this is exactly where we thought they would be. Now they don't control their destiny like they do. Um, but right now in the Big Ten, the the de- the the Big Ten's destiny isn't really controlled by teams in the Big Ten, right? You know, the good news for Penn State is they have Maryland this week, so it's a clean slate. They don't necessarily know what's coming, neither does Maryland. But next week, Michigan already knows what Penn State's going to run way before they're going to do it. So we're going to talk a little bit more about Michigan um, when we come back in the second segment because this is the gift that keeps on giving, and it's not even Christmas season. Welcome back to the second segment of the Behind the Curtain podcast on the Nittany Sports Now Network. He's Murph on Jared. Listen, I, I don't like to talk about Michigan. I don't think that it's necessary to talk about Michigan, but man, they are making it so hard not to talk about them because every day there's something brand new. You started out beginning of the year with Matt Weiss and, you know, the, the computer espionage from the football building which is rumored to be Ohio State's cloud server, which is just absolutely phenomenal. Then you have Connor Stallions, and not just Connor Stallions, having guys go to Ohio State games and Penn State games, right? We know now that he was supposed to be at the Ohio State-Penn State game. That would have been the third game he was at for Penn State this year. Who knows, you know, how how many games he was at for the for the Buckeyes. But then this week it comes out, he was on the sidelines as a dressed coach for Central Michigan on the Friday against Michigan State. And this this dude had spy glasses on. He had, he had his, his Ray-Bans. The Ray-Bans. Had Ray-Bans that recorded video. And what, so, like, what in the James Bond type level of spy is this type stuff, right? And then Thursday... It comes out, and this is not funny. It, uh, it's not is. funny because of the context and the nature of what happened. But a staffer who is a low-level staffer gets caught soliciting a 13-year-old and trying to buy alcohol off her and have sex with her. He gets busted and fired by the university for this, and I'm sure more is coming. But what is next, man? I don't have enough room on my bingo card for Michigan scandals right now. Like, number one, that is deplorable. Like, the Stallion stuff is hilarious because that's, like, number one, how dumb are you? Right? Like, how dumb do you have to be? You have a you have a paper trail, right? But, but, the, but. this stuff, man, it's a shame that that, that happened. Um, but, man... What is next, man? What what else so, can there be? So so Jared, so going down through the list of here, I mean, and this is this list is just getting longer and longer and longer. So this all started out, and people were like, "What are the things that have been reported over the last week?" So there is a UM Allen who's currently the minority owner of the Minnesota Vikings, and who has been singled out and pointed to as being the person who started leaking this information. And he's on the board of NCAA infractions, and he hates Harbaugh. He hates him. Pretty so easy to do that. He's got he's got an axe to grind there. So then, as you showed me last week, 
Ryan Day then goes and hires a private investigative firm that his brother's a part of to get the evidence. His brother owns it. Right. That he gathers evidence and sends it to the NCAA to open an investigation. All of a sudden, Michigan has a secret emergency meeting that took place just a few days ago that something big was coming. Then the University of Michigan rescinds Jim Harbaugh's contract offer. He said that's not true, blah, 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 whatever, Jim. Um, And then a new allegation comes out that the ball boys are in on this sign-stealing scheme. And they're telling the next opponent, you better watch out, you better look out. So, and then the Matt Weiss thing, and and now with this this yodel that they got um, for uh, for soliciting, and it's just like, I mean, this guy right now, Michigan is is basically like a pinata right now for the NCAA and everybody else because everybody's getting a turn to take a whack at them, and uh, it's it's hard to sit back and realize that you know. Is all of this true? Uh, Jared, it's, it goes back to the old saying. Some of it might be true. Some of it might not be true. The truth is probably there in the middle. But the problem is there's just event after event after event after event. And I don't know. Maybe this is my bias coming out of me. But I do not think there is any way in any shape or form that Jim Harbaugh remains the coach of Michigan after this year, if not before. I mean, that's hard, right? That's super hard to predict, but how could he, right? Like, one of the things they always say is lack of institutional control. Well, shit, there is no control. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you have dudes on a like, and of course the head coach at CMU is a Michigan guy. It's Jim McElwain. Go figure. I didn't even know he was still coaching, right? Like that, that to me is just so hilarious. Like you're going out to all levels and it fits, right? Like you have this, and, and don't get me wrong. Like if in this, in the right situation, if a coach calls you up and say Nick Saban calls you up, Hey, listen, I have a job for you. I need you to scout. I'm going to pay you $55,000 and you're going to do this. You're probably going to say yes. Nine times out of 10. Without thinking, right? Nick Saban just called you. Hey, some people actually like Jim Harbaugh. Not sure who, but Connor Stallion seems to be that guy. You're you're a Michigan guy, right? Like, hey, listen, I have this job for you. Hell yeah, I'd love that, right? So he gets this probably a dream job, right? And and hey, Jim Harbaugh says, How high can you jump? And he says, This high. And then he ends up at every, he has a network of people at every game ever known to man despite it being illegal and listen and that's the issue with it that's why ad's are upset that's why the coaches on their call with the commissioner of the big 10 were upset that's the integrity of the game that's the problem here stealing signs is normal but uh, right right, it's the integrity of the game that is now vulnerable and that's really where it started did you hear about the conference the the big 10 had today with all the head coaches um and uh it was either the ad's or, it was the i think ADs it was the, today the coaches were on yeah. wednesday yeah and harbaugh i guess apparently just hung up halfway through the meeting he hung up and, yeah the, and, he so he hung up because he wasn't i don't think he's allowed to be on that call 
Um, <laughs> and, and, and the same thing with the Michigan AD as well. So, but yeah, so, and that's why they're putting the ball in their court. Pete Thamel with, um, with ESPN came out with a report talking to sources close to that situation. The ball is in the Big Ten's court because we all know this, the NCAA likes to sit around with a thumb up their ass. Um, and that, that's the NCAA, right? It, it could be 20 years and we'll finally get, you know, oh, vacated wins. Yeah, let's take away their wins. Um, right, but this but... is this is vulnerable to the integrity of the game. That's why Michigan State didn't want to play this game. If you know what's coming in baseball, you still have to go out and hit it, right? In football, if you know what's coming, you can have a guy right there, right then, and it becomes a dangerous aspect of the game. So that in and of itself is why that's such a why this is such a big problem. And Michigan fans are beside themselves there and it's so divisive right like stealing signs is normal like there are people on college football staffs across the country that do that that's those, normal there are those it's, people in little league staffs that are doing that right we, we talked, talked about, about that about. on our last podcast but <laughs> so, that's the thing you know when, when you look at it like that yeah that happens but not to this level this dude is in stand or has people in stands recording things and that's the issue here but not just that Right. And not just the Minnesota Vikings owner that's on the committee of infractions. He wasn't even the whistleblower. It was the Weiss stuff and the FBI getting involved. They told the NCAA, the NCAA is like, hmm, Michigan and Big Ten, you probably should check this out. Voila. Like that's, there are so but, many twists and turns. This is like a goddamn Stephen King novel. <laughs> like, and did, you, did you see when he was on the sideline at, at CMU? When, the, when he started walking and they have a picture of him, like, all the coaches have on, like, Nike shoes, and he was walking out with, like, Reeboks on or something. Yeah, like, CM, CMU is an Adidas school, right? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he didn't have the right shoes on. <laughs> like, 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 what are you doing? Like, this is – is this dude a time traveler? Like, what is this? And it, that is what I think is so fascinating about this. Like, this is David – this is some, like, David Copperfield shit. Like, nobody knows what's going to happen next. And I think that's what's so riveting about it. Like, we're going to wake up on Friday. This is going to release on Saturday. And there's going to be a whole this, – this might be obsolete, this whole podcast. We might have to re-record Friday night just because <laughs> there's going to be some something new that's just so out of this world. It makes it seem like it's not believable. But it's true. And you mentioned, yeah, yeah some of this is probably not true. Some of this is. But, like, the proof is in the pudding. But how – as a, as a former Navy SEAL, how do you not have a paper? How do you have a paper trail this egregious? You are asking for this. Like, yeah. how dumb are you? And, and that's, the, you know, when you go into the integrity of things like that, and, and, you know, of course, you know how it is out there right now in social media, but, you know, oh, Penn State, you can't say anything because Sandusky. Oh, Michigan State, you can't say anything. Because of Mel Tucker. Oh, Ohio State, and, you can't say anything. And, and Larry Nasser uh, and Larry everybody Nassar. else at Michigan State, exactly. Ohio State, and the Jordan family. Like, Ohio yeah, State. Yeah. So, so Nobody but, can say anything. But those things, those things did not affect or alter the product or the game on the field. And that's where this comes into play. Now, mind you, I'm not discrediting those things that happened um, or some of those things that supposedly happened. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and that's not it. But because as soon as you say something, you know, right away, oh, uh, you condone this. That's, you know what? No, that's not even what it's about. But you look at the things that are altering games and, 
you know, now it's now you read, oh, the people are pissed off because, oh my God, Michigan's good all of a sudden. We can't have that. Look what's happened here. Look what's happened here. Well, you know what? If you have 11 or 12, 13 different things that all of a sudden that aren't tied to the other, like you said, what's coming next? Like, what, <laughs> you know, when did this start? When Harbaugh invited Quinn Nordine to like, sleepover at his house like yeah what did they do i mean you know, they... <laughs> like what is going on here so I, I i don't know i i don't know what you do i don't know how you go about this now this late into the season um but it's kind of funny somebody said well next week okay michigan comes out and um they uh they have to forfeit their wins this year going into next week. Well, guess what? They still got to play Penn State. Chances are they're still going to beat Penn State. I mean, that's why they play the game. But it doesn't help at all because the, the table's already set. Now, if it comes down to Penn State, Ohio State, well, Ohio State beat Penn State. So Penn State ain't going. You know, and then they still got to play Ohio State. Who knows? That game may be an absolute bloodbath because of the, the the whole irony of Ryan Day's brother with this investigative firm, you don't think this is going to be North versus South. This is the Hatfield and the McCoys. This is, I can't wait to watch that game. I don't even care if I watch the Penn State game that day with Michigan and Ohio State play, because I think that's going to be ugly. I, I really do. And, and really we've, do. we've seen this year that Ryan Day is a petty asshole. Oh, yes, he, he is. He went after Lispy Lou Holtz, man. Like that, that is yeah. phenomenal. So, you know, for the risk of not going a little overboard on this, because this is like, and that's the thing too. Like this is so bizarre. So, yeah. uh, so crazy. Yes, we'll see. Yes, we'll see. Right. So, you know, there's, it, it, it's must see TV, which is absolutely insane to say that, but you're absolutely right. It's gonna come down to that game at the um the, the the game, right? And I'm here for it. And I think if I'm not mistaken, I'm gonna pull up the schedule really quick before we move on and talk about a lot more different things. But listen, Penn State, I, I believe, is is going to be that Friday that Friday night. That's the the Land Grant Trophy game. So they'll play Friday night. We'll be able to watch. This game there you go. On Saturday. There you go. That's right. They play the day after Thanksgiving against Michigan State. You're absolutely right. But enough about yep. Michigan. Um, everybody knows what's coming here, except for us yep. on, on <laughs> the next on the next uh, segment of the podcast. We'll get to that after a quick break on the Behind the Curtain podcast on the Nittany Sports Now Network. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Behind the Curtain podcast on the Nittany Sports Now Network. He's Murph. I'm Jared. Listen, as we record this, Will Levis is an NFL starting quarterback. Will Levis played at Penn State, where he played historically as a running quarterback. And now he's starting for the Tennessee Titans after spending the tail end of his career in the NCAA at Kentucky. 
with now, Joey Porter. <laughs> yeah, Al Michaels with the with, with the slip there. Um, <laughs> but all things aside, you're right. He played there, played at Kentucky. Joey Porter didn't go anywhere other than Penn State. But Will Levis might not be the only starting quarterback that for for Penn State that's going to be playing on Saturday on Sundays. Everybody's favorite quarterback, Sean Clifford, might be getting that nod from the Green Bay Packers. And man, what an experience that will be! It's kind of funny if, if based on how things go on Saturday uh, this weekend on Sunday with Green Bay, um, Jordan Love is is slowly and surely playing his way out. Uh, uh, you know, stats aren't terrible. Um, it's just he's not making the plays that need to be made um, when when the chips when the chips are down. So now there's there's some smoke coming out of there about Clifford and uh, possibly getting the starting role here moving ahead. And 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 this is kind of funny because if, if you recall three years ago when Will Levis decided to transfer and up to Kentucky. You know, people were like, that's the wrong quarterback. Franklin left the wrong guy go. Levis should have been starting. But let's be honest here. We, we watched Will Levis, and as you said, he was he was like at the Taysom Hill for Penn State. He was a running quarterback. He was more like a fullback. I mean, he was enjoyable to watch. 17 to trade times against Rutgers. <laughs> oh, and, and, and then the game against Iowa, he was just like running guys over and, and at the goal line and stuff. But, you know, let's face it. Will Levis was, was not – given a, a big opportunity to pass the ball and you know Clifford was and we all know Clifford was you know he was like the roller coaster at Kennywood he was up he was down he was up he was down Sean Clifford experience baby that's right so you know all things told Sean Clifford had the best game of his life in the Rose Bowl against Utah so I'm going to give him props for that but the irony of the whole thing is is now you've got people saying about Clifford should have been there no level should have been here and maybe after this week, going to the next week, these guys they both they both might be starting in the NFL in their rookie seasons. I, I just can't wrap my head around it. I, I think it's great. You know, there there was a time where people thought Sean Clifford wasn't going to get drafted. Now it helps that he's thirty five years old, so that that is very beneficial. And Levis isn't young either as a quarterback, right? right. So they're they're facing off, and 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 that's. To me, this is just, and that's what makes it so fun, right? You know, everybody's going to talk about Sean Clifford, Will Levis this, Will Levis that. We we can see Sean Clifford start against Kenny Pickett in the Steelers next week. Like, that, that is an absolute option. That is just purely phenomenal. I love, I love sports, man. I just, and that's the beauty of it all, right? Like, people, people are and this is what I also don't get. People are bashing, not necessarily bashing, but they're like, oh, well, we're sorry, Sean Clifford. Listen, Sean Clifford made some mistakes. He made some great plays, but he, for him, and this is him to a T, he was not afraid to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. That is the antithesis of Drew Aller. He is afraid to be aggressive. I'm hoping that with that interception last week, to tie this all back into quarterback play, I hope that he is able to find that rhythm and that, and that happy medium between being aggressive and making the right play, because there is a fine line to walk there as a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
for, from watching Clifford, um, from my perspective of things, and it, Sean Clifford just he started to get some happy feet. Um, you know, in that last couple of years, he was quick to bail out. He he wasn't keeping his eyes downfield. He he tuck and Ryan or, or tuck and duck and. And, you know, I, I, I got to the point where, you know, I'm, I'm calling him, you know, back foot Clifford because he was just going backwards and throwing stuff off. Now, I granted, that's, you know, part of the offensive line there had a little bit to do with that and stuff. And, and of course, I want to see him succeed. I mean, it's a great story. And it's unfortunate that the, the Packers don't play the Titans a little oh, later man. in the season because what a storyline that would be with the two guys from Penn State both playing against each other. I mean, that would write its own story come, leading into that game. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see to see what happens here. I mean, if Green Bay loses again, uh, they're, they're pretty much going to be setting themselves up for not being able to catch um, to catch the Detroit Lions. And, and that's kind of funny to say that now. Right. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I can see them going in. I can see them making a change and just saying, okay, you know what? So what if you lose a bunch of games using Sean Clifford? Let's see what you have in Sean Clifford. This is Jordan Love's, what, third year, I believe? So next year would be possibly his option year. Let's see what we have in Sean Clifford. If we have a bad record, we get a better draft pick because of the – and don't forget the trade that sent Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Um, so I'm, I, I'm no, no offhand what those draft picks are. But if you have a bad year, plus you have the Jets draft picks, you can set yourself up pretty nice. Right. And it, now, don't get me wrong. There is not much to work with at Green Bay, in Green Bay right now. Um, you were just hoping that people kind of freeze to death when you play them. Um, and that's kind of, you know, the frozen tundra, right? But to see Sean Clifford start an NFL game would be absolutely incredible. The fact that Will Levis is doing it after his draft night, which I would thought was bizarre, not just uh, – I did not think he was a first-round quarterback. I never thought he was a first-round quarterback. But, hey, Mark Stoops can develop, I guess. Um, but let's get to the game. What are your predictions? What are your thoughts? What have you got? I got Penn State 27, Maryland 20. Oh, you think they're, you think they're I... giving up some points again? I, I think they're going to give up some points late. I, I think that they're going to start mixing some of these younger guys in on defense. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying – I say Maryland puts on a late touchdown here with, with you know, some of the guys. And, you know, it, it kind of sucks, and this is something we didn't touch on, Jared. You know, Chop Robinson with a chance to go back uh, into Maryland. Uh, obviously, it's not going to happen. He's already been ruled out again for this week, which is, you know, what we pretty much know as a, a, a concussion. Um, but it, uh, it looks like it could be one of these games that uh, just may not, it, it's going to be the status quo game. I think for, for Penn State and the offense, I think they're going to halftime with, you know, let's say a 13 to 10 lead. Um, and then, and then come out and, you know, throw a couple touchdowns in in the third quarter. And then in the fourth, I think Maryland claws their way back, but eventually runs out of time. That's like 27-20 Penn State. So I'm going the opposite. I got 45-7 Penn State. I think this is a game like Iowa, where James Franklin behind the scenes is just telling them, go for the jugular. Um, this is a pretty self, um, self-imposed self rivalry, I guess, for Maryland. 
but this is going to be a game where there's going to be a majority of Penn State people there. Uh, Maryland has not done anything to institute any type of confidence. When they were winning, they had confidence. They were playing with poise. They were playing with discipline. And, and, and then Ohio State broke them. They broke their confidence. Penn State had their little hiccup last week against Indiana. And now you're going to have a hungry defense. There is no way Manny Diaz was very happy with the way that defense performed last week against Indiana. And mm-hmm. I very much expect them to come out and make uh, Tiger Valoa go after the defense the way that he did last year. You know, I think they're going to put up a lot of yardage um, because they're going to be playing from behind quite a bit. And I think that's the way that, that that's going to play out for them. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that really works out. I Like I said, we talked about this prior to the um, prior to the draft um, or prior to the to us recording tonight. I won't be at the game. I will be at St. Francis watching Red Flash football um, and covering that for the Alton Mirror. But but this is a game. It's it, it it's a matchup that's one sided, and I think that continues this week. Oh, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see you know Maryland continuously just get taken to the woodshed um, every time they they play Penn State. So. Um, I, it's going to be a matchup. I don't know how much, you know, kind of what you could call a trap game somewhat with Michigan looming. Um, I, I, I just don't, this year, just, we don't seem to have that go-to at the beginning of games. It takes us a while to get going and, and everything. I just, I just feel that continues this week, but you know, that's why they play the game. I, I like, I like your outcome a lot better than I do mine because pretty I'm, simple, I'm, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm starting to every weekend and it's kind of funny because when, when, when I sit down and I watch a game and, and you know, my fiance is there and she's watching the game and she'll just look at me and you know, she's, she's come around to sports a lot since, since she met me and everything and watching some of the games and she, she'll look at me and say, you just don't have a real easy game. No matter what team you're cheering for, do you? I said, oh, no, I do especially, not. Especially, man. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, <laughs> your quarterback's too busy worried about getting rundowns in the NFL, or rubdowns, I should say. Um, he's the world's greatest massage therapist. Um, yeah, so you're a Browns fan. You've got your Celtics fan, too, right? I am a Celtics fan, and I'm just not much of an NBA guy anymore. I just, the, the, the game itself anymore is just, I'm just not a fan of it. And, and, and honestly, you know, Jared, even baseball, um, uh, you know, this whole bullpen pitching game. And, you know, we the other night we were, you know, obviously, as you know, the Diamondbacks were in the World Series here. And, uh, you know, a good story for them. I mean, they're a young team. They, they, they made the playoffs in the last day of the season and, you know, shocked everybody by going out and doing what they did even to get into the World Series. And, you know, it was down to a best of five. Um, but they, you know, they, they, they ran out of gas. Uh, in fact, we went to the hockey game the night of the um, Tuesday, Monday night. It was Monday night we went to the, the Coyotes game. They played the Blackhawks. And, and, you know, of course, during every intermission, people are sitting there watching the Diamondbacks game on their phone. You know, and, and don't forget that the Coyotes put eight goals on the board uh, in that game against the Blackhawks with, you know, little Phenom and the second coming of Gretzky, Eric Bedard. But, um, yeah, the, uh, pro sports for me right now is just – I'm down to hockey. I watch hockey and I watch the NFL. 
And, but college football to me is still still first place for me. I, um, I just feel like it's it, it has changed too. The, the, the complex has changed and, and the landscape has changed with as, as we all know with the NIL and the transfer portal and, and whatnot. And it will never be what it was when, when, you know, when I say kids growing up, I'm talking about my generation as much as yours. Um, it's changed and, and not so much for the better with, with some things, um, with some things I just don't subscribe to. And, you know, just like, you know, I, I caught some grief last week for, for a statement I put out there about teams making a playoffs under 500. <laughs> yes, so, you did. <laughs> um, it wasn't really directed, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you, it wasn't directed so much as at any one team. It's just, uh, well, let's just put it out there. Let's just address the elephant. So, so now you got out, you got out to the football going out there four and six. And, you know, I, I understand the concept. Um, they play in a tough conference. You know, Altoona is not, you know, let's face it, Altoona is not what they were in the 60s with Ostrom. And, and Altoona is not where they were, you know, in the Joey Kleiner and, and Brendan Peretta age with, with how that was going on. And it's it's not so much as it's, it's, it's not the coaching. I, it, the whole town has changed. I mean, the whole, the whole, the whole mindset, the, the whole outscape. Of, of what's going on there. So, you know, when you're playing against these teams and in, in they were in the mid pen and then they went to the Whippio and then they didn't, you know, and they're back to the mid pen. And it's, but like you and I talked before the podcast yet, after this year, there's only two teams in district six that are going to be six A, and that's Altoona and State College. So where, where that comes in and you start looking at, and basketball is the big reason, you know, I, I remember a few years ago and then team was like, Five and nineteen, and we're going to enter the playoffs. Are you serious? I, I guess I come to old school when it comes to that, like the old man yelling at the clouds. But you know, and and I guess it's understandable in the era of the participation trophy. But I, I feel if you're not good enough to to be that good during a twenty-five game season, what makes you think you're going to be doing that good in a condensed, you know, possibly three game season and, and entering into the playoffs or four well, games. Uh, and that's what's tough, right? So, you know, <laughs> we we look at things in in, in this era of sports that, that are just weird. But the, the thing for me is there's no record, right? There's no record in the playoffs now. And, and for high school, more often than not, in your district, you're playing teams that you've already played before. So that makes mm-hmm. it difficult. Um, and you see it in the NFL, right? That's why they didn't. They went to 17 games, right? Other than the fact that that makes them more money. Now you don't have 8-8. Eight eight. You don't have Jason Garrett able to go 8-8 eight eight anymore, which is really, <laughs> that was really one of my favorite pastimes as a Cowboys fan. So, But that's the thing, right? Like you – you get into that and, and you get one extra moment and, and only in football, I think it is, does this hold true? I mean, basketball, anything can happen, right? But football, you never know when it's your time, when you're, when that last moment and the last time you put your shoulder pads on. And I think that's what makes, you know, there are teams that probably don't deserve to make the playoffs. Um, there are teams that do deserve to make the playoffs. The mid pen is tough. Um, I'm not being an Altoona apologist. I graduated from Altoona. I coached at Altoona. I now oh. do color commentary for Altoona. But Ben Penn is rough. And being a 6A school in the middle of absolutely nowhere, right? You sure. look on either side of I-99 and you just see 
mountain. <laughs> and when you're on your way to state college, all you see is mountain, right? So, and then you see a penitentiary. More mountains. Right. And then you see Beaver <laughs> Stadium. And then you see a, a prison. And then you see more mountains, right? So, you know, that's what's tough. And and, and uh, I see your point. I think that makes sense, right? You, you know, you, it, it Jared, is tough. You touched on something there too, and 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 I go back to what you know, like like Coach Niedermeyer was saying in a paper about you know here's Mifflin County, and you know we we beat them pretty bad, and and this happened last year or the year before when they beat them pretty bad in the regular season, and then Mifflin County gave them all they can handle in the, in the first game of the playoffs, right? And, and 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 now you go over and you look at you know I had to give a shout out here a little bit. Um, I, I don't know how I, I have a lot of uh, relatives that are from my my dad's mother's side of the family, and uh, you know the new Inter the new enterprise Northern Bedford area, and and the coach there is actually I, I think his his grandmother and and my father are, are first cousins and and everything, but you know Gary Black is there and he is doing a hell of a job um, at Northern Bedford with with that team. And, you know, they went last year and they, and they played and, and they were undefeated. And they, I think they made it to the, the semis or the quarterfinals. The year before that, they, were, they played in the snow against a team and almost beat them. Um, and they, he's putting together a program that really hasn't been seen since you know, Joe Nastasi uh, was coaching there. So he also made the comment about, you know, hey, I think I believe they play Milesdale coming up again. Um, you know, so you get a team that you play twice and, and it's never the same the second time around, especially in high school football. Uh, but uh, I look at our area and, you know, Bellwood's down this year. Tyrone, Tyrone actually came together and put it together a decent season. And, you know, Richard Guilfoyle's going on the road here against Bald Eagle area. And that's going to be a tough, uh, a tough thing to do uh, against Bald Eagle area. But they're definitely capable just because of who they played during the season. Um, so an interesting factor when you talk about Mifflin County, uh, Jared, is that you did mention to me that they, they are a six, eight school playing a five, a class teams most of the season, but this interesting stuff for our listeners, and this comes from Jared, I can't take credit for this, but, um, Mifflin County has lost 30 consecutive games to schools in the same five, a or six, a classification over the past 10 years, 30 straight losses. And here they are in the playoffs in 6A. Uh, they, you know, they're a combined 0-12 lifetime against Altoona. So uh, the playoffs are getting underway. It's something to look forward to. And, and going back to, to my original, you know, a little bit of a little bit shock value there. And I was looking to see, you know, change my mind. Tell me why you think, tell me why you think that, Teams under 500 should be in the playoffs. And I had an interesting response to, to it. And, um, and, and I solicit that. And that's great. And what gives teams, you know, a couple, couple more weeks, get some guys more practice time, gets these kids ready for next year, so on and so forth. And, and I can subscribe to that. Although personally, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, and not to say that they're wrong. We each have our opinion. Um, I believe that, okay, well, you have your whole season, you have all your practices, the kids that don't start are starting on JV, so you have that whole season, but you know what, it's, 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 it's a different time period, it's a different era, um, 
You know, I know some of these little leagues and all the teams go to the playoffs. Well, then what's the what's the point of having a whole season? How do you get rewarded? Yeah, how do you get rewarded for that? So right. Uh, so to, to, I think to counter your point here with that, with those extra games, getting more reps, that's one more opportunity, one game full of opportunities for players to get their shot at the next level, to get on that film. To me, that's the way that I look at it. I mean, people are always going to want to play more games. Uh, number one, because it makes you more money. I mean, this is, you know, the stats that I sent to you came from Mike Boydum at, at the Elton Amir. Like, and I just sent them to you just on a whim. Like that, that to me is staggering. I will 100% be using them on the, on the broadcast Friday night. So this will come out Saturday, Saturday morning. But again, and that's, what's crazy about all of this, right? Like that's why you play the game, right? There's, you want to talk about one-sided and, and we talk about how one-sided Maryland and Penn State have been and, and all of this. So, you know, you just kind of take it, take it all with a grain of salt. And, you know, you got your little, we, we talked a little bit of high school. We talked a little bit about everything. I think that's about all we have um, for the, for the sake of our voices, for the sake of our listeners. If you're, if you're still listening, thank you as always, please subscribe, rate, review, whatever. There's going to be a point in time where we're going to be on video and we're going to have a face for, for YouTube. And I, that's a scary moment. Um, but eventually we're going to be on there, and that's going to be a, that's going to be wild. Looking forward to it. Looking <laughs> forward and, to you it. You and me both. But <laughs> for Paul Murphy, this has been Jared Prugar on the Behind the Curtain podcast on the Nitty Sports Now Network. We thank you as always for listening, and we'll catch you again next week. <laughs>